Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Gather around, my friends, and let us stoke the virtual fire as we venture forth straight into the heart of Ohio. Or as my grandmother, who is from Kentucky, calls it, Oh, hi. Can anyone from that region of either northern Kentucky or southern Ohio tell me if that's actually a thing that people say? Because for my entire life, she has called it Oh, hi. And I've heard recently on like various television shows, not various, like one or two, I think, where someone has mentioned Ohio, but they never pronounced the O at the end. So I was wondering if that was a regional thing. So if you, someone can let me know, let me in on the secret. Because my grandmother has no idea. She just said, that's, that's just what you call it, honey. Anyway, 
The land is steeped in history and mystery, as such as the mystery of whether it's called Ohio or Ohio, where whispers of the past echo through quaint towns and ancient tales that still cling to the landscapes. Today, let us journey to the haunted town of Waynesville. Then we take a detour over to the Witch's Tower, a silent sentinel that's guarding secrets that are lost to time. But beware, for this is just the beginning of our adventure. As we dive a little deeper into the folklore of Ohio, we will cross paths with a strange and eerie tale of the Circleville Letters, a mystery that has left a community in suspense and has sparked countless speculations. So gather your courage and join me on this journey as we unravel the threads of Ohio folklore. Why is it called Ohio? Do you believe in ghosts? Join me on a journey through America's dark and haunted past as we explore the ghost stories and folklore that have been passed down for generations. What scares you? Let's find out. I'm Christopher Feinstein. And this is Haunted American History. As the sun sets on the quaint village of Waynesville, the bustling streets give way to an eerie stillness. The locals all know the stories. How the antique shops that line the main street hold more than just dusty relics. How the annual sauerkraut festival isn't just a celebration of food, but also a magnet for spirits from beyond and how the town's founding by General Mad Anthony Wayne may have left behind some unsettling souls. But don't let that scare you away, my friends. For in this village, even the ghosts have a sense of humor. Just ask any local about the ghostly history walking tours hosted by the Museum at Friends Home. Operated by volunteers and located in Waynesville's Quaker Hill Historic District, this non-profit local history museum is as charming as it is haunted. And why is Waynesville considered the most haunted village in Ohio? Well, some say it's because they're not afraid to talk about it. The spirits there don't try to hide or haunt in secret. They want you to know about them. The Haunted Museum Built in 1905 on the remnants of a Quaker boarding house and later a nursing home, has been the talk of the town for decades. Rumors of ghostly apparitions and unexplained occurrences has surrounded this historical landmark ever since it was converted into a history museum in 2000. But why would the spirits choose to linger in such a place, you ask? Perhaps it's because of the mysterious disappearance of an office staff who had once occupied its rooms. According to museum curator Morgan, they left without explanation, leaving behind only whispers of children's laughter echoing through the halls. And it seems that even the current museum team can attest to these haunting tales. Morgan herself shared a spine-tingling experience she had in the museum's garage. While with a group of ladies one afternoon, they were suddenly overcome by an eerie sensation. As they made their way out, Morgan couldn't help but notice the decrepit state of the garage doors, an authentic part of the museum's historical charm, but also a potential safety hazard. Little did she know that there was far more to fear than just rotten wood and peeling paint. 
As she moved towards the doors to investigate, they came crashing down in front of her, just barely missing her head. The ghosts that inhabit this place are clever and mischievous, playing tricks on anyone who dares to cross their path. They seem to relish in causing chaos and confusion among those who dare to enter their realm. So if you find yourself at the Haunted Museum, be warned. Watch your step and keep your wits about you, or else you may just become another victim of the ghost pranks. Not too far from the museum in Waynesville, after a long day of work, a woman arrives home and collapses onto her couch. But her relaxation was short-lived when she checked her email and saw a message from her neighbor. Apparently, there had been a chaotic incident involving cars colliding and a damaged garage door and an interrupted garage sale. It seemed like something out of a horror movie, but in the reality, this bizarre situation had actually taken place right in the neighborhood. According to the email, their neighbor parked her car in the driveway, as she did every day, shifted the gears into park, turned the car off, and exited their car to enter her house. However, the car had other plans as it mysteriously shifted itself into reverse and accelerated down the driveway, crashing into the garage door and through the garage sale of another house across the street. The chaos caused by this event was enough to make the even most skeptical person believe in ghosts or paranormal activity. But before they could ponder too much on this eerie occurrence, they received yet another shocking piece of information. The insurance company would be covering the cost of a new garage and even reimbursing them for the damaged items intended for the garage sale. It was almost too good to be true. Anyone who has dealt with any kind of insurance claim knows how difficult that is. So that's some sort of miracle. That alone right there would make me believe in a higher power. As it turns out, their historic home, which is known as the Hamill House Restaurant and Bed and Breakfast, had a dark past dating back to its construction in 1822. Rumor has it that it was once an inn and stagecoach stop, making it a prime location for unexpected and unexplainable happenings. The new owners of the Hamill House, husband and wife Kevin and Sherry Douglas, along with Sherry's brother Jim Lester, had recently reopened the establishment after years of being closed. They wasted no time in beginning renovations to update the old building while still preserving its historical charm. In fact, during the renovation process, they hired someone to help them find the best deals on historic kitchen equipment. Little did they know that this purchase would lead them to also acquire some unwanted ghostly inhabitants in their home. As the Douglas family settled into their new venture, they can't help but wonder what other surprises might have been in store for them. Will their beloved Hamill House continue to surprise and haunt them with its mysterious past? Only time will tell. But one thing is certain, this house has a story, and it's not done yet. As Sherry Douglas recounted the strange happenings at her home, she couldn't help but chuckle at the absurdity of it all. Her husband had felt a cat brushing up against his leg one evening, but they didn't even own a cat. It was a common story among their guests, but this time something was different. Cat hair, perfectly painted on the wall caught Sherry's eye as she was in the middle of painting in the foyer. And then another one further down the stairs. Was someone playing a prank on them? Someone spreading hair throughout the house? 
Or perhaps there was really just a ghostly feline roaming around their home and rubbing up against everything. But that wasn't the only eerie cat tale from their guests. There was a story of a little girl who had once left dinner with cat hair on her pant leg. No cat had been seen during dinner, leaving everyone perplexed and amused. And then there was the case of mistaken identity, when a woman thought her brother-in-law was rubbing her leg under the table, only to discover it was actually just the invisible paws of a phantom cat. Wait, time out. Why would the... Something's going on in that... In that household. Oh, my legs are getting rubbed under the table. It must be my brother-in-law. Hmm. Probably should have kept that story to yourself when they were interviewing people about the... The haunted happenings of the Hamill House. Mrs. Hope you stayed anonymous. The Douglases couldn't help but laugh at these peculiar occurrences. Yeah, peculiar. The brother, your first guess is your brother. I hope you weren't there with your husband. Although some of their guests were understandably unnerved by them. Yeah, just like I'm unnerved by hearing that whole thing. But for Sherry, her husband, and even museum curator Morgan, the haunted house wouldn't be complete without these hair-raising tales of ghostly cats and playful antics. Oh, boy. Who knows what other surprises await them in this quirky abode? Her brother-in-law? The quiet streets of High Street were usually bustling with people, but on this particular night, they were deserted. All except for one small boutique, Buckeye Charm, which seemed to radiate an eerie glow in the dim lighting. The story goes, as this person cautiously approached the boutique, their heart began to race. Rumors had been circulating about strange occurrences happening within its walls. Some have claimed to see ghostly figures wandering the aisles, while others swore they heard disembodied voices whispering their names. I'm sorry, I'm laughing still about the whole brother-in-law thing. Despite these rumors, Jonah Powell, the owner of Buckeye Charm, remained unfazed. In fact, she embraced the paranormal activity and even invited the Travel Channel's Ghost Nation crew to investigate. Their episode, titled An Unholy Haunting, premiered to great excitement. The show featured renowned investigators, whose last names I'm probably going to mispronounce. Jason Hawes, Steve Gonsalves, and Dave Tango. Tango, I got. From TAPS, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, all formerly of the popular series Ghost Hunters. As the cameras rolled and the team began their investigation, they were met with unexpected results. A loud EVP recording echoed through the building with the words, Hallowed be thy name. Even the seasoned investigators were taken back by this chilling evidence. But was this a genuine haunting, or was it a hoax? The crew wasted no time in shutting down all equipment and scouring the building for any signs of trickery. And to everyone's surprise, nothing was found. Powell couldn't help but chuckle at their skepticism. She knew that her boutique was truly haunted by the spirits from its past life, when it was St. Augustine's Catholic Church, built in 1877. Since its transformation into a commercial building in 1976, strange events had been reported by employees and customers alike. But Powell wasn't afraid. She thrived on the supernatural energy that surrounded her shop. Thanks to Ghost Nation, 
Buckeye Charm now boasts even more visitors eager to experience the paranormal for themselves. Who knows? Maybe if you go and you'll be the next one to hear a disembodied voice or catch a glimpse of a ghostly figure while you're browsing through their unique merchandise. But don't say I didn't warn you. Rumors of a haunted schoolhouse have circulated around the town for decades. The old Waynesville Union Schoolhouse, which was built in 1891, is said to be a hotspot for paranormal activity. Currently used for storage by the American Legion Hall directly across from the museum, this empty building holds dark secrets and restless spirits. According to local historian and museum curator Morgan, the schoolhouse was closed down and turned into a library after a newer school was built up the hill. But that wasn't the end of its troubles. They didn't know what to do with it, Morgan explained. Eventually, they built a newer building over there, so now it just sits there, abandoned and forgotten. But stories of strange occurrences in the basement of the old schoolhouse kept bubbling up. It was rumored that the American Legion had a bar down there, where men would gather to drink and socialize. And some say these men never left. Their spirits are still lingering in the dark corners of the abandoned hall. Desperate to find answers, Morgan enlisted the help of Lee Allen, a local paranormal investigator. Lee brought a psychic from Columbus, Morgan recalled. She knew nothing about this town. Together with Lee's team and some members from the American Legion, they ventured into the eerie basement to uncover its secrets. And what they found was far beyond their wildest imaginations. As soon as they entered, the psychic could sense a strong presence, a group of angry men who did not want them there. They want you to leave. Now, she warned. Needless to say, they didn't stick around for long. But even now, locals claim to hear strange sounds coming from the abandoned schoolhouse at night. Perhaps those restless spirits are still trying to protect their beloved haunt from unwanted visitors. The place was a typical hangout for men, with its pool hall, bar, and other usual amenities. Morgan and her friend didn't think much of it at first, until they were approached by someone who told them, this is not a place for ladies. The warning seemed odd, but they shrugged it off and continued to enjoy their time. Suddenly, someone touched Morgan's shoulder, and she let out a scream. Her friend explained that the men who had warned them were named Ralph and Carl, and they were deadly serious about wanting them to leave. Fear creeping up her spine, Morgan couldn't shake the feeling of being watched as they quickly gathered their things and made a hasty exit. Later, when recounting the strange encounter to a friend who grew up near the American Legion, Morgan specifically mentioned the names Ralph and Carl. To her surprise, her friend exclaimed in disbelief, Ralph Smith and Carl Stiver? They practically lived in that basement bar. And indeed, it was confirmed by Carl's wife that if he wasn't at home, he was always found at the American Legion. It seems that even after death, some habits are hard to break. The eerie silhouette of a graveyard loomed in the distance, beckoning visitors to Friends Burial Ground. This historic Quaker graveyard, dating back to 1804, was a short walk from the museum and nestled on the corner of 4th and High Streets. Divided into two sections for Hicksite and Orthodox Quakers in 1828, it held the remains of the dead who were buried according to the order in which they passed away, rather than social status or family ties. 
As one strolled through the gates of this hauntingly beautiful cemetery, tales of ghosts and spirits whispered through the air. These ghost stories were often shared during walking tours that took place throughout the season. Museum director Morgan is one of the tour guides for these tours around this town of Waynesville. If you find yourself in the area and want to see these things for yourself, the tours generally only take place around Halloween season, but there have been talks about extending them into December as well, and for larger groups. Morgan also revealed plans to hold monthly tours at the Hamill House, known for its ghost and goblet dinner tour experience. She said we're even considering adding more walking tours throughout the year, so that's something to look forward to. With these new options available, it seems that there will always be an opportunity for the brave souls to go and explore the mysteries and hauntings of the historic Waynesville. Hey folks, just wanted to stop in the middle here and uh, just give a special thanks to everybody who's been reaching out to me lately on uh, on Spotify with the Q&A stuff. That's pretty great. I really, I, again, I, I, I've saved this before. And I wish they would give me an opportunity to respond because some of you who um, who comment on it just you know you have such great suggestions and great compliments and I just really want to express my thanks personally but until Spotify does that I cannot do that but if you are so inclined to leave a comment on an episode why not just send me an email too those I can answer and those I do answer so anyone who has emailed me knows that uh, I always respond as soon as I can. And some people I've had some pretty great conversations with, so feel free. Um, what else do I have to say? Oh, the Nightmare Collective that is coming back with its its official launch is going to be in February. February 1st, with episodes releasing every 10 days. That's where you can find mine and my cohorts, the Nightmare Collective, as you would say. Um, <clears throat> our original stories. That's where you'll find all that fiction. So for me, that's more of my original stuff that doesn't really have anything to do with folklore or not inspired by folklore, just kind of the stories that I have creeping around up there. That's also a place where I will be taking my stories from here and remastering them and rewriting them and casting them and doing, you know, kind of fun things that I wanted to do. Well, for a lot of my early stories that I've had, you know, different ideas for, like I said, when uh, I wrote a lot of those earlier stories, like uh, Wrong Turn and The Division and things like that, those were stories that uh, I had written as short scripts for, like, to film and things like that, but um, never got around to it, so, but I still have them written like a script, so I think it would be fun to do kind of like an audio drama kind of thing with them. So that's the plan for that. That's going to be over at Nightmare Collective. Um, the link to Nightmare Collective is in the show notes. There's just two like little teaser episodes up there now. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be hosting them. So like I do like a little kind of a Crypt Keeper thing. But uh, yeah, so join me at the Nightmare Collective. And uh, thank you all for uh, listening here and enjoying the show and the year is coming to an end and we're going to have a great 2024. Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. 
That's why I turn to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Within the swirling rumors and misconceptions surrounding this structure, one fact remains clear. It is not Gothic architecture. After a careful analysis, experts have determined that the tower is a reproduction of a medieval English design, dating back to somewhere between 950 and 1150. The exact date of construction has yet to be confirmed, but initial research suggests it was built somewhere between 1900 and 1910, long after the end of the Civil War. As for its location within Hills and Dales Park, this land was initially owned by J.H. Patterson and used for his personal recreation area for him and his employees. It wasn't until 1970 when the park was officially commissioned likely with the intention of John Patterson himself to create a beautiful observation deck for visitors to enjoy. In fact, J.H. Patterson himself had a fondness for the view from this hill, according to his own accounts. However, amidst all the beauty and admiration surrounding the tower, there lies a dark legend that haunts its history. It is said that during a violent lightning storm, two individuals tragically lost their lives within its walls, even after multiple attempts to paint over any evidence of their presence, visitors claim to see their burnt images forever staining the walls. This morbid tale spread like wildfire and soon became a fascination for curious onlookers, causing issues for the park which eventually led for the tower being locked up and off-limits. The story of the tragedy that took place at the Witch's Tower has been talked about for generations which led the Prodigy Paranormal Group to conduct an investigation into the rumored story that surrounded the tower. And while some elements were found to be true, namely only one victim died in the lightning strike while another suffered severe burns, the rest remained shrouded in mystery. And as it turned out, the survivor still resides in the local area today. Now, how is this possible? because this story has been lingering around since as long as this tower's been built. Well, that's part of the mystery. And some say this is either history repeating itself, or maybe the passing around of this story willed it into existence. As for the ominous tower looming before them, 
The team from Prodigy Paranormal Group meticulously placed cameras on articulating poles and maneuvered them through open window slits. The grainy video feed was then transmitted back to a laptop for viewing. But there were no startling images of a victim to be found. Only piles of discarded rubbish and nests built by woodland creatures. In fact, the only mention of this tragedy can be found in the following newspaper article. From the pages of the Xenia Daily Gazette, May 18th, 1967. A 16-year-old Bellbrook High School sophomore was instantly killed and her 17-year-old companion, a junior at the school, severely burned. Apparently victims of a bolt of lightning during an electrical storm Wednesday night in Kettering. Kettering police said they received a report at 8.03 p.m. that someone was injured at the lookout tower in Hills and Dales Park. The tower stands high in a wooded hill on the east side of Patterson Boulevard, in the southeast end of the park, and is used for observation. Police found the boy lying at the foot of the stairs. He had been burned on his chest and face. The girl was found nine steps up the tower, dead. She had been burned extensively on the face and chest. The best we can tell is sometime around 7.30 there was a bad lightning storm here, and apparently a bolt of lightning hit the tower. A ball of fire may have hit the door and rolled up the stairs. There is no doubt that they were on their way down, and she was in front and got the full force, police said. Police said that the tower is made of stone, and the only metal there is on the front gate. Apparently, the couple was out driving, decided to visit the observation tower, and were caught in the storm. Police said they were not sure of all the details because the boy had been not able to remember exactly what happened. The boy was pretty incoherent. He didn't know anything. He thought he'd gone home, police said. The Montgomery coroner's office said this morning that it has not yet ruled on the cause of death. However, Kettering police said no doubt it would be ruled as an accidental death by lightning. The world we live in is a mysterious one full of secrets and unknown depths waiting to be uncovered. Some mysteries are solved while others remain shrouded in darkness, their secrets left unexplored. One such mystery that has haunted the small town of Circleville, Ohio for decades is the infamous Circleville Letters. These letters, filled with accusations, threats, and even personal details about the lives of the townspeople, have been terrorizing the community for years. Despite numerous investigations and theories, the identity of the person or group behind these chilling letters remains a puzzle that still haunts the residents of Circleville. This enduring mystery has taken a life of its own, captivating the minds and imaginations of all who hear this tale. Some believe it to be the work of a vengeful spirit, while others point fingers at disgruntled neighbors or hidden enemies. But no matter the theory, one thing is certain. The Circleville letters continue to cast a dark shadow over this once peaceful town, their true origins and motives remaining a persistent and unsettling mystery. In the small town of Circleville, Ohio, in 1976, a strange and eerie mystery began to unfold. It all started when local bus driver, Mary Gillespie, 
received a handwritten letter accusing her of having an illicit affair with the director of schools. The letter was postmarked from nearby Columbus, but contained no return address or signature. Simply signed as the Circleville Writer. Understandably disturbed by this anonymous accusation, Mary confided in her husband Ron and brother-in-law Paul, but they decided to keep the letter a secret. However, over the next few months, more letters began to arrive. Not just addressed to Mary either, but to Ron and other members of the Gillespie family, and even the school district. These letters contained personal details about the recipients along with more accusations and threats. As the letters continued to pour in from Columbus, the Gillespies couldn't help but suspect that the writer must know them personally due to the intimate and detailed nature of the content. Determined to uncover the identity of this mysterious writer, they launched their own investigation. But little did they know that they would only be making matters worse. With each passing day, the writer's messages became more aggressive and menacing. In one particular unsettling letter, they claimed to have planted a booby trap on Mary's school bus. Fearing for her safety and the safety of others, the Gillespies immediately reported this threat to the police. To their horror, upon inspection of Mary's bus, a device was found attached to the exhaust pipe. This device was designed to release a shotgun shell if the bus hit a bump or ran over a rock, a deadly trap that had been narrowly avoided thanks to the swift action by law enforcement. The incident prompted further investigation by authorities, which eventually led to the surprising suspect, brother-in-law Paul. As it turned out, Paul was a former employee to the school district and harbored a deep grudge against Mary Gillespie. He was arrested and ultimately convicted of attempted murder, bringing an end to the terrifying Circleville Letters mystery. But even with Paul behind bars, the question still remains. What drove him to commit such a heinous act and terrorize an entire town for months on end? The answer may never fully be known, but one thing is for certain. The strange and weird Circleville Letters will forever go down in infamy as one of Ohio's most notorious unsolved mysteries. Despite being imprisoned, the letters didn't cease. In fact, they continued to arrive in the small town of Circleville, Ohio, with the same cryptic style and unsettling content as before. However, this time they were addressed to others in the community, leaving residents baffled and frightened. As more letters emerged, some contained even more personal details than before. It became apparent that Paul, the man who was originally convicted may not have been acting alone. The mystery deepened as various theories arose about who could be behind the odd and disturbing case. Some now believed it to be a group effort, while others insisted on a lone individual seeking revenge against the entire town. Wild conspiracy theories of government involvement also surfaced. But despite numerous investigations and a book published on the subject, the true identity of the Circleville writer remains unknown. The case continues to capture national attention as one of the most perplexing unsolved mysteries in American history. The story of the Circleville Letters is a captivating example of how a small town mystery can grow into a nationwide phenomenon. It involves elements of obsession, revenge, and anonymous harassment that keep readers and investigators alike hooked. 
And yet, even with thorough examinations and endless speculation, it serves as a reminder that sometimes even the most diligent efforts cannot uncover the truth. The infamous Circleville letters have inspired countless theories, books, and even a movie. But perhaps their most significant impact has been on the residents of Circleville and those who were affected by the troubling messages. Though many may yearn for closure and answers, it is possible that this strange and unsettling case will remain unsolved forever, cementing its place as one of America's most bizarre and enduring unsolved mysteries. I'm Christopher Feinstein, and this is Haunted American History. I'd like to give a special shout to a young little member of my Patreon, Wes, or as he likes to go by, Mr. Taco. Welcome, buddy. Thank you so much for listening with your dad. And yes, I will be doing more stories of the Deep Woods Division, whether they're here or on Nightmare Collective is yet to be seen, but either way, they will be on my Patreon. So, enjoy, pal. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're spending time with your dad listening to the podcast. And Mr. Taco is the greatest name I've ever heard. So, thank you. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Later, folks. Later, folks.